Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. So if you have a Bible, turn to Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. I've noticed that in 10 years, my stand has gotten shorter. You think I've, you said I've grown? Is that what you said? No, I've noticed my stand's gotten shorter. Some of you older folks who don't see as well as you used to know what I'm talking about now. So uh, I just had some of y'all had to figure that out. And, uh, but so this thing's gotten further away from me so I can actually see it now. It used to be up here I could read it. Now it has to, I don't know, we'll see. Uh, but I'm believing for 2020 vision. That's what I'm believing for, standing on. So uh, Genesis chapter 4, man. Wow, how cool was that what God just did in this place, man? Wow. Don't you love our worship team, too? Don't you love those guys? Thankful for them. Go ahead. I believe today what we're going to do is just do this, man. Just get in here. we got a little time before we need to go home. And let's just let God's word seal and settle what the Holy Spirit's already, already served up and done in this place. All right, let's do that. And so uh, we're reading Genesis chapter 4, and uh, we're going to start at verse 1. It says, Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time, his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you so angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And it desire is for you, but you should have, uh, but you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass that when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, "Where is Abel your brother?" He said, "I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper?" And he said, "What have you done?" The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. And Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Surely you have driven me out of this day from the face of the ground. I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth. And it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. And the Lord said to him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest anyone finding him should kill him. 
This story is, is a trip. We're about to see some stuff, man, this morning. I, I hope that God just speaks directly to you. And let's just pray one more time. God, seal today, God, everything that you've already just started in the spirit in this place, God. And God, we celebrate hearts and lives that have been changed. And we just thank you today, God, for all that you're doing at Faith Renewed and in other churches that are preaching your gospel. God, bless each one. God, mightily, God, let them see great harvest and increase, Father, for the kingdom, Lord. And we just ask that today in Jesus' name. Say it with me. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, you should be warmed up now. One amen already underneath your belt, so just you can keep them rolling. It doesn't bother me. It will not offend me if you amen me during the service. Uh, you won't hurt my feelings. But we are, um, we're in a series right now called The Greatest Stories Ever Told. And what we're doing is this. We're looking at the stories in the Old Testament and, and really digging in and studying these scriptures and, and really realizing how awesome, man, this, the Bible is. And, and uh, I was going to do this. I was just really kind of going to jump in and just kind of pull out some of the stories that I liked and uh, really just going to kind of draw from them and uh, just kind of preach and have fun. And actually, I was in my back of my mind, thought this is going to be a little easier series going in from stuff that I've kind of maybe preached at different points in my life. But uh, Holy Spirit's man has been just doing some stuff. He's been wrecking me as we studied this, these passages and we look at Scripture, how we see Jesus throughout the Bible and how we see the gospel presented. And so as I've been studying and looking into the, these stories, I hope, man, God speaks to you through them as well. But we've been in this series uh, called The Greatest Stories Ever Told. And we looked right in the beginning very beginning of the Bible, and that's where we started. So we've been looking at, and there's a lot of things you're going to see, and I hope you get it. You're going to see things throughout these stories that we must understand. I used to kind of think, you know, Old Testament was God was mean, and then, he, then Jesus died, and he got better, and had a little grace, and everything was good. I mean, I, kind of used to just kind of, I just kind of had that mindset, you know. But uh, you, you're going to see in Scripture so much, man, of how uh, our understanding of, of life is shaped through the understanding of these passages. And so we saw, you know, in the very beginning of the series where uh, the, as the book and the story starts, it says, in the beginning God created. So these principles, again, begin to start in our life. It should be unfolding that God wants to be first, and he created. And so remember, again, regardless of what the world is, is trying to tell you, we believe God created. That's what we stand on to believe in. And so I heard a cool story um, the other day of Dr. Ben Carson. If you don't know who Dr. Ben is, he, uh, I believe now, is actually on the cabinet for our president. And, uh, but he was actually one of the candidates for presidency, and he was in a debate and he was in a debate with an atheist. And he was, he was declaring his, his belief system in Christ and sharing Christianity. And he was in this debate with this atheist. And during this debate, uh, the atheist kind of got a little frustrated. He, he was kind of this Hollywood type. And he was gotten real frustrated with Dr. Ben because Dr. Ben is sharp, man. He knows some stuff. And he, in his frustration, he yells out to Dr. Ben that you're a moron for believing in God. And he's silence, kind of like that happened here. And he, he said this, and I love it. He said, I believe I came from God, and you believe you came from a monkey, and you've convinced me you're right. <laughs> now, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Don't get so caught up. Some of y'all are going to be like, oh, Dr. Ben. And, uh, you know, but he, he, don't get caught up in, in the things. Just put faith in. In God, trust Him, and He's so good. And so we see this. God did this. God created, and it was good. Everything He made was good. But then we see the results. The fall took place. Sin entered the world, and then we see everything at that point begin to shift. The cosmos begin to sh just shape different.
different, and everything began to shift, and we see what sin does in our life. And we look, last week, this sin will, it makes, us, makes us do dumb things. Uh, we see that in Adam and Eve's life. We see that, uh, that, that sin also does this. It brings us fear. We saw last week where this is the very first place in the Bible that fear enters the story. And again, it happened because of sin. And we see the ultimate separation of sin and the ultimate effect is this, that it separates us from a holy God. It separates us from him. And so we, we, we summarized the gospel last week in a nutshell that God made it, Adam broke it, and Jesus fixed it. And that is, again, how we must see everything hinged upon that. And so, but in that fall, we know this took place. If you were here, if not, go listen to the podcast but, or read Genesis 3. But in that story, we see where sin entered. And then God speaks to Eve in verse 15 of Genesis 3 and begins to tell her that there's going to be a child produced that's going to come forth from you that's going to be the answer to the sin issue. There's going to be a child come forth that's going to be born. It's going to be birthed through that line. And it's going to be the answer. So they begin to hinge and put everything around this. And so we watch un- everything unfold from that point forward. And Genesis 3 kind of ends around, we see uh, one of the verses in 21. It says this, Also Adam and his wife, the Lord God, made tunics of skin and clothed them. So also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin for them. So this is what had to happen. There had to be a death took place. There had to be blood that was shed, and there was a covering that took place. And so, again, they tried to hide themselves and cover themselves with those fig leaves, and you'll never be able to cover your sin and shame on your own. And so we see this principle unfold, and we see something so important that is so crucial that the blood of the innocent is the only thing that can cover the sin of the guilty. The blood of the innocent is the only thing that can cover the sin of the guilty. And then this unfolds. We watch Genesis 4, where they have children. Now, in their mind, again, they've heard that promise of what's coming, of a child that's going to be born. And I I don't know, maybe the expectation came forth as they had this child. That maybe she's thinking, man, this is it. This is that promise. Everything's going to get back to maybe how it was once before, because maybe this child is born. And so we see unfold there, we see the first children that were born on the earth. And so we see Cain and we see Abel. Uh, we don't know if they were uh, years apart. We don't know if they were twins. All we know is this. They, she, they knew one another. She conceived, had, a, had Cain, then she, she had Abel. So again, they were brothers. We see these two children come to earth. And then something I believe begins to happen. Another principle we must see is this, that God would never have us, want us, to put our hope in our children. And I think this is huge, and I think we see this. She heard the promise, and so she's thinking maybe this is the promise, that this is going to change things. And so please understand, your children are awesome. We dedicated one this morning. It was awesome. We're going to dedicate five more next week. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be really cool. We love that. We love taking those children babies and presenting them back to God and blessing them, praying over them, all that kind of stuff. They are a great gift. The children are a horrible God. I mean, please, I mean, they are, they are horrible. Now, again, I love them. I'm thankful for all mine. But listen, please don't put them first in your life. And I've heard that and I've seen that time after time after time by loving parents that mean well. Listen, there's a place and a priority for your kids, and it's not first. Somebody just got mad at me. Go home and pray about that and ask God what he thinks. Read the Bible. It, it, it'll show you. So, uh, but we see this again unfold. But you're trying to show them. And maybe she's thinking, this is the one. But you know what happens? This is what ultimately ultimately takes place. 
The sin of Adam affected the children that they had. And so we, we again, see another principle. Fathers, parents, mothers, it's so important that we understand our role and how important it is to lead them. We love them. We place them high priority in our life. But we do that out of leading and loving, knowing one day they're going to leave us and go to the next place. So we pour into them and do everything we can. But this sin affects the kids. And so these kids grow up, and then we get to go inside. This is awesome. We get to go inside what we see in Scripture as one of the first worship services. And I do believe it had been happening prior to this point, but we actually get to go into this service. And so we get to go into and see now for the first time this service of worship that's taking place. And so we see what Cain and Abel do and how they worship. And we see something very important. First of all, they come to God in worship, according to the Bible. It says this, they have something in their hand. So uh, we should always come to God and worship with something in our hand. I just believe that's so important. Uh, that's huge. Some of us like, man, can't believe Cain killed Abel, man. He's sorry dog, you know, but he worshiped more than some of us today. <clears throat> he comes in. So, but, but something happens, and this is huge. Uh, we see some things go down. We see an offering that is totally in every way, the Bible says respected, or I believe received, respected. And then we see another offering there that was giving, and it's rejected. Now, theologians have a lot of things to say why that took place and why that went down the way that it did. I, I believe Lord's placed two heavy things on my heart of what I believe are there. Uh, this is what, I, again, I believe, and I think scripturally we see enough in the Bible that kind of goes along with this. First of all, we see some principles that unfold. Again, these stories are teaching us things. We see in verse 3 that in the process of time that it came to pass that Cain brought an offering. Okay? He brought an offering. We go on and we see in verse 4 that Abel brought of the firstborn. So we see a principle. Again, God wants to be first. He was first in the beginning God. And so we see something happen here. All Cain does is bring an offering. Listen, we're not ever just supposed to just tip God. It ain't never supposed to be just an offering to him. I begin a principle that's here is what he's seeing is he wants to be first. I believe one of the reasons that one was respected, one was rejected, I believe this, because one was given to God first. Not if anything's left over, I'm going to give you what's left over. And so, again, this is pre-law. So some of you folks that get upset about tithing, this is pre-law. We see a principle in place. God wants to be first in our life. Period. That's it. He wants to be first. And he, he, this is his plan. This is his desire. So I believe that's one. Not the only one, because here's the truth. You can tithe, but if your heart is not right, it means nothing. So I want you to do this. I want you to always give to him, tithe him first, give him first fruits, give him the first of your life in prayer daily. Just I want, I want him to be first. That's our plan. None of us ever get it always right, but that's the plan. But something else must happen. I believe the other reason of why it's so important that we understand that one was rejected, one was respected, is this. One came from a heart of love. One came out of heart of resentment. And so we, we, watched this, um, we watched this take place. We see here where they both come in with something in their hand, but what was in their hand and their heart didn't line up. So what's in our heart and what's in our hand should always line up. And so we see, again, why it's so important that we come to God, put him first, but do what I love. Do I have an obedience? So again, say, man, God, I just trust you. And we watch what takes place in Scripture. First John chapter 3 uh, gives us, tells us one of the reasons. For this is the message that you heard. 
from the beginning that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was wicked one, a wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brother righteous. It's a heart condition. Hebrews 11.4, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Why? Through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and through it being dead, still speaks. What is this saying? This is saying, again, it's a heart condition. He come to him, again, not out of just obligation, but out of the heart for God, that, God, I want you first, and I want to do this and put you there. And so when we sit back and we see the alternative, Cain come in jealous of his brother. Listen, I, I, my prayer is that all y'all get blessed. Amen. Now, I, 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 that, I, my prayer, everybody in the room gets blessed, and, and that's, I believe that we, we see in Scripture that he wants to do that for us. And listen, but don't do this. Don't get jealous of somebody else's blessing. That jealousy could be the hindrance from yours being received. So don't, never do, celebrate someone else's is victory. Celebrate someone else's blessing. And if you do that, it may open up an avenue for you. And so again, just begin to open yourself up to these things. But we see this unfold. And then we watch what happens. Verse 7 here in Genesis 4 tells us, God speaking to Cain, he says, if you do well, will you not be accepted? He said, dude, I don't like him more than I like you. I mean, again, not, but just if, if you come in and your heart is towards me and you want to worship me, you want to love me, and you want to do it with the right heart motive, I'm gonna, I'll take yours too. <laughs> and I bless you just as well. But this heart thing was there, and we see the result. It says that sin lies at the door. Sin lies at the door. Now, I don't know if you've ever been... Uh, maybe startled by someone or scared by someone who's maybe behind the door, you know, and there's some cool videos on YouTube, don't pull them up, but uh, of that, the people getting scared, but we had a cool one. I almost brought the video today and may still post it again. It's on one of our Facebooks. I can't remember who posted it, but at our house one day, several years ago, Faith was a teenager, uh, and when she was at the house, uh, we had one of her friends was over, who's part of our church uh, to, still today, Sarah Willis, was at our home, and Faith didn't know Sarah was there. So we did this, Faith was upstairs, and so while she was upstairs, Sarah hid behind the door. And so she was literally in the closet hiding, and so me being the good parent I was, instead of warning Faith, I was hiding with my camera (coughs) behind the door, videoing this beautiful moment when this took place, because I knew it was going to be fun. And of course, she comes down the stairs, she's yapping, carrying on like she does, and, and, uh, and, and, and she goes, and in that moment... Sarah was lying at the door. Uh, I mean, and not sin, but Sarah was lying at the door. And she freaks out, and thankfully she didn't say anything bad. Uh, none of that kind of stuff. She's, she's pretty, pretty solid. But we watched something happen there of what happens when you're not ready. This is what sin does in our life. This is what happens here when we watch this take place. We see here what sin does. And so we see here one received, one respected, one rejected, and what happens next is just is, is, is unbelievable. We watch Cain kill his brother. 
And again, they're out in the field. They begin to discuss things, talk things. We don't know exactly how it went down. But we know that he killed his brother. And so this is, uh, this is, this is, this is just mind-blowing what goes on here. And then after this takes place, again, God comes to Cain. They have a discussion. We get to go inside the discussion. In verse 13, and Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Now, he tells him, God tells Cain, what's going to happen? He tells him that basically, man, now you have a mark on your life that you're going to die. You're going to live this miserable life, separated away from me. You're going to have this life where all of these things are going down. You've made this decision. You made the choice. Sin was at the door. And we watch something that is so important take place. And this is huge. We have to see this, this verse through the lens of what I believe, again, God is speaking in this. Because, other, they're, they're, again, theologians take a couple of different ways. This is what happens. Either he's doing this, either he is saying this resenting God, or he is saying this repenting to God. Now, again, he makes this declaration. He says to him, he is telling, he is telling him, I, you, you, uh, my punishment is greater than I can bear. And something happens, and I, I was like, man, I knew there was something there, and as I dug deep, I found one of the translations. This is broken down in the original Hebrew from the Adam Clark's commentary. This is what they said this was written out in the original text. Again, I love this. He is saying, is my crime too great to be forgiven? Now, if we see the situations in our life and if we're looking at this through the lens of, of resentment to God for what's going on, I believe, again, we understand the result. But I believe Cain was speaking this way. I believe he was saying here in this story, God, I repent. Because something happens, and, and, and it's, it's, it's amazing. We, at one point in this life, we see in his life this literally, uh, that God says this, and, and God wasn't in any way like, you know, kind of paranoid or schizophrenic or bipolar, and he, he wasn't that kind of God. And I don't say that lightly or even use those terms lightly. I'm, I'm serious. He's not in one voice saying, well, now, because you've done this, this is what's going to happen. And now, I'm just, you know, something. I'm in a good mood today. I'm God. I'm on the throne. Made all this stuff, and I'm I'm, I'm in a good mood. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna change the outcome. No, we don't we don't see it that happen that way. I believe what takes place is so crucial of what Cain does. I believe he's speaking forth in this moment that in this time, God, I'm I'm sorry. I repent. And he asked the question, is my crime too great to be forgiven? And I think we've been there. I think there's been situations in our life, and there's things that have went down. And there's some of y'all, man, we saw God move this morning in some lives in the first service, man. We were incredible, awesome, <clears throat> who, were, who had come to a place at some point actually thinking, man, I've done too much. And God came in and saved and touched and changed their life. Listen, there's nothing today that you've done that God can't save you from. Nothing. And we watch this happen in this story because we watch someone murder, take the life of someone, and God still come in and change this. And we watch some things happen. We see them marked. But then something happens, and I'm like, man, this is wild. He begins now to have a mark on his life that was once a bullseye. 
That was once the thing that now everybody's going to be able to recognize and say, yeah, he did that. He's the one. Let's get him. Let's do this. And now we see a mark of protection on his life. We, we actually see a mark now. that the, the Bible says that he has this mark now upon Cain, lest anyone finding him. So he's saying, now I'm going to protect you. I'm going to change you. I'm going I'm I'm, I'm to save you. All the stuff that was coming your way, watch what I'm about to do. And I think we watch and see this happen because of one thing, repentance. It's, it's, it's crucial. And he went from now from being killed to being protected. He went from living a life of death to now living a, a life of, of life. Now, this, was, this is amazing what happens. And this is what God does in us. This is what he does for me and you. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14 says this. He said, in him you also have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and have believed in him. We're sealed. We're sealed. This, this same word, some, some translation use the word marked. You were sealed. You were marked with the promised Holy Spirit which is the guarantee of inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. You know what he's saying here? I'm marking you now with my spirit. I'm marking you now with life. And I think it, it, everything shifts and changed for him, and everything shifts and changed for us when we understand something. He repented. Now, I've done this, and I, I, I think you probably have. I've read through that story. I've skimmed through it, and I've read through it, and went on to the next thing, and I've looked at that, and I say, man, you know, really, I'm probably more able in the story, and, and you know, and, and somebody else is more like Cain, because I haven't killed nobody. I haven't done those things. I haven't, I haven't done that. Matter of fact, when somebody hurts me, or does something, wounds me, or does something my way, I said, yeah, here I am, being able again, and I'm with Cain just coming in, running over me, and but listen, I think we need to see something. I don't believe we're able in the story. We're Cain. And this is something we must all see. We're all guilty. We've all been guilty. And thankfully, again, through salvation, through the mark of the Holy Spirit, it comes in and shifts and changes everything for us. It, that, that, that's, that's beautiful. But if we have not received this, and I don't think we should ever forget this, we're guilty without Jesus. We're guilty without Christ. It is not until we come into the situation and we recognize our guilt and our shame. And he does this. He's saying this today. He said, have I done too much? Listen, please understand. You haven't done too much today to keep you away from God. There's not, there's not too much. There's not too many things that could have happened in your life. And we see this shift take place, and we watch it unfold, and we watch something happen. In verse 16, it says this. It says, Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord, and he dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. And he built a city and called the name of the city after the name of his son. In one moment, everything changes. 
in just one moment, there was the shift that happened from death to life to, to where you were going to have this mark on your life and there is no way that you'll ever make it to now you can have it. Now he's out building entire cities. Everything shifts and changes. And I believe it's when we do this, when we come to the place and understand that we have to come to Christ, understanding that, man, I'm guilty without Jesus. I'm, I'm guilty without Christ. And everything shifts. And I love the beauty of this story. The promise came through God that there would be someone that would come forth through the womb of a woman who would be the promise to the sin issue. And it was Jesus. And it was him who came forth. But this is what happens when we get marked by the Holy Spirit in our life. When we come to God, when we trust in Him, when we accept Him, when we put His name on our heart and our life. You know why today the enemy is so ticked at you? You know, you know why he's so ticked at you, man? When he looks at you, he sees Jesus. When he looks at you, he sees the mark upon your life. He sees the mark that only comes from God. So you're wondering today, why is he so ticked? Because every step you take. He sees the hill coming down on his head one more time. Every step that he takes, he's reminded of what happened to Jesus. He's reminded that, man, I thought I had Jesus. I thought I had him dead. I thought I had him finished. But on the third day, he rose from the grave. He's alive and ascended to heaven, and he's coming again. That is what Christ has done for us. And listen, no matter how guilty we've ever been, the blood of the innocent can cover the shame of the guilty every time. Every time. I want the worship team to come around and ask, hey, come, I want you to stand to your feet with me, please. And I, oh, man. God's already done some incredible stuff in this place today, man, and it has been amazing. Thank you, Jesus. But, man, I want us to do two things as we close out this service today. I want us to celebrate that. I want us to celebrate what he's done. I want us to just today to just, I mean, just thank God. Find us a place where we can get with God, just worship, celebrate. But I also, man, want to do this. I want to put us in the place to where we receive anything else he still wants to do. A while ago, the Holy Spirit was drawing and changing hearts. And, and, and you may have supposed to have responded during that time, and, and you didn't respond during the altar time. Maybe that now God's spoken to your heart. Listen, as we do this, we always close our service out with a song. We take time reflect on it and let that speak to our hearts we respond to it so i just want to do this right where you're standing first of all i just want to pray over with you guys before we close our time out and in in during worship and if you don't need to go man hang out with us during this time it's awesome what god does if you can hang out but i just want to pray over you today and invitation has been given already for salvation invitation has been given for healing and and for deliverance and all of those things happen because of what Christ has done. That's the only way this takes place. And today you may, have, you may have not responded earlier because you was maybe even thinking, I've done too much. And God shows us in Cain, we can't go too far. We're not too far that his hand can't reach us today. So I, I just want to pray for anyone today who just maybe today just needs to surrender everything over to God. Maybe you've been holding back. Maybe you haven't surrendered your life to him because, man, maybe you thought, I've done too much. Maybe he was in a place where, man, I didn't even believe in this God. 
But you know something? The Spirit of God's doing something in me. I'm hearing the words. I'm hearing the gospel preached. I'm hearing Jesus proclaimed. And I want to turn to him. If that's you, just as heads are bowed, eyes are closed, and if you're already a Christian, I want you praying right now. I just want you to just take a moment. Just pray. And if there's anyone else that needs to respond today to Jesus and just receive from him today, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. And that, so if that's you, I'm, I'm going to give you an opportunity just to let me know and, and, and make a declaration to him today, man, that I, I, want, I, I want to surrender everything to God. If that's you, just as heads are bowed, eyes are closed, if that's you, and today you need to surrender your life over to God, just raise your head up and just look at me for just a moment. Just raise your head up and look at me for just a moment. If that's you, just say, man, Terry, I want you to pray for me. I want, I want to surrender everything to God. If that's you, just look at me for a moment. And I'll do this just so we'll just know. That's you, and you want someone to pray with you, and I'll, I want to do that. Just raise your hand up to God right now. Just This is as a sign of surrender. Just say, man, that's me. If I see hands, I'm going to take a moment and pray for this, and if not, we're just going to close out during this time of worship and prayer. Praise God, I see that. Who else? Raise it up high. Raise it up high. I just want to surrender everything over to God. Amen. Let's pray. God, I just today thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and lives. God, we... We just today surrender everything over to you. If that's you today, God, speak to your heart, man. Just go ahead. Just surrender to him. Say, I, I trust in you, God. I believe in the gospel message. Trust what Jesus did on the cross. I believe that was enough to cover my guilt and shame. I believe Jesus is alive today. He's going to sin and come again. I'm going to spend eternity with him. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. 